Hey everybody, welcome to the DC3 cast. I am Brian, with me as always are Zach and Vince. We're going to talk about the DC Comics released on May 1st, 2019. And uh, despite a certain member of the podcast misgivings, we're going to start with DC's Year of the Villain, number one. This is written by uh, James Tynan IV, Scott Snyder, and Brian Michael Bendis. Uh, is there actually are there actually credits in this book? I didn't see them. <laughs> I didn't see them, but I could probably tell you who wrote each one. Yes, um, illustrated by a bevy of good artists. Let's say that. Well, someone looks up how many. Yeah, who, who wrote the? I mean, who drew the issue? Um, anyway, this is the well, sort of wrote... uh, was it? Oh, I was gonna say I don't think it has the credits listed in there. Anymore. You can find it in the solicits, I believe. Okay. Well, you're probably right. Regardless. Well, Jim Jim Chung, Alex Maleev, and Francis Manipal did the art in this. Oh, and really. I think Jorge Eminez at the end, right? Oh, um, yeah. Probably, yeah. Perhaps, I don't, yeah. yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but... So anyway, um, this issue sets the stage for both the Leviathan Rising event... Oh, sorry, event Leviathan, rather, um, as well as the sort of summer crossover from the Justice League books, which is called The Offer. And um, I feel like this book is something that DC does every couple of years, having this sort of like tease for future events stuff. And it's it's catnip for me. I don't know about for you guys. Vince, what do you think of this issue? I, I love it in... I love it in execution uh, more than I love it in concept. And I, the, people never say that, right? Usually right, it's the yeah. opposite, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I love it in, I like it in, uh, but, I, but I like, it's like you say, um, DC used to do this kind of book a lot more. And actually back before Flashpoint, every DC comic had little back matter that had like, previews of future issues or teasers or they would pick like the three most exciting books of the next week and they would do the little synopses of each you know to let you know what was coming and this this whole book is kind of designed to do that and we'll talk about the back matter i'm sure later the stories themselves um i think they're high quality like they've got good creators on these they I think they adequately and accurately set you up for the stories that are to come. Actually, in some ways, this Year of the Villain issue kind of spoils a couple of issues of Justice League that we haven't read yet. Yes. <laughs> in, in, some, in some minor ways. Um, we should mention, we're going to spoil this issue, by the way. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not sure how totally on board I am with the, the whole... Uh, perpetua thing still at this point you know so and that's a that's a decent chunk of what this issue is about and so that that's why i say like i like the execution better than the than the than the concept or whatever but uh but it did get me a little more jazzed than i was before to at the future of the dc universe like this really does feel for better or for worse, you know, depending on how you feel about the story itself or the plot itself, it really does feel like all the oars 
may be rowing in the same direction again. And that is that concept is kind of exciting to me. So, Zach? Yeah, I, I agree. This is, this is definitely the first time we've had anything like this in a really in a very long time. I'm trying to think when the last time DC maybe, did a the DC Universe like Rebirth special. Well, I w- yes, there is that. I was thinking more in terms of their like free comic book day offerings. Um, the Trinity I mean, War I, thing was it the Trinity War thing? Um, but even then, that was the like creative vision of only Jeff Johns, I think. Um, whereas, I mean, this is this is Snyder, Tynion, and Bendis. Um, but and with a and, you know like smatterings of Tom King stuff in there, um, even though he is not on this issue. Also, I was mistaken. I I thought Jimenez was at the end, but I think it's just more Manipul art that looks a little different we'll get to his art in a bit it doesn't quite look like normal it's the other manipul um i think <laughs> um, slightly less good manipul it all comes down to the coloring i think but um yeah this this issue i i mean i agree with vince totally like the content of the issue i am not as impressed with as far as just the overall plot, but the way it's executed and um, and everything is just it's 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 exactly what kind of got me hooked on DC Comics all those moons ago. Yeah, I, I thought that the uh, I thought the event Leviathan stuff was really interesting. That is stuff that I did not. I mean, we know so little about that event so far. Even though it's been building in Action Comics for a few months now, yeah, we don't know mm-hmm. that much about the event. And so to see it presented this way, I thought was actually very effective. Mm-hmm. And should we talk? Should we talk about each individual story? I think we should. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. All right. So the issue begins with Amanda Waller going to the White House, but Psych, Lex, and the LOD are there. And, um, you know, they're, they're putting into plan, they're putting into play this plan that Lex has where basically every villain is given the way that they can kill their hero. And which is very final crisis. It is. Yes. Um, and it, it's laid out in such a way that Lex has offered them all this thing. And then Captain Adam of all people is there to to take out Lex and uh, Lex seemingly offs himself in the process. Um, let's talk about that little story beat so far there. What did you guys think when Lex blew himself up? Or uh, I'm putting that in quotes, blew himself up. Yeah, I mean, that's... Himself. <laughs> he blew himself, <laughs> that's right. He would look good as like a Tobias Funke type. <laughs> He's got the bald head. Um no, uh, I mean, that's, you know, classic comic book dickery. Um, and I don't I don't know what to think. Like, of course, we know why he did it, because we learn eventually what becomes of him. But it's it'll be interesting to see uh, how the mechanics of that work, you know, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? 
Yeah. yeah. I do, I do, I will say that I thought that, like, in story, it was handled very well. Yeah. I thought it was a pretty fun, pretty surprising moment. Even if you knew what's happening, like, this isn't real, it was, it was handled very well, it was laid out very well. I'm guessing that yeah. this is the part written by Scott I I would think so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um... I so one point I wanted to make is you know we are we have no idea where this is going to go but to me this this idea of starting just this big um hero villain war feels very small compared to the cosmic stuff that we get in the third chapter which is kind of the other part of the Snyder Tynion Justice League stuff. And and it makes me wonder how those two things are going to connect with each other. Uh, just because like the way like Brainiac is just in awe of Lex's plan in this. He's just dumbstruck. But it feels very small. Even though it does I mean it's it's big in that it encompasses all of the villains the major villains in the dcu but it's also very small considering in the the justice league chapter they're dealing with evacuating the entire multiverse or something so yeah i wonder if one of these stories is going to take place significantly before the other i don't i don't know i don't really think so because the offer stuff is coming up pretty quick, you know? That's and, in July, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, it's... Well, yeah, because the Perpetua stuff, that's not going to be resolved before the offer hits. No. I no, I, I no, would think that the offer not. is sort of the precursor to whatever's coming next. Well, yeah. so, I mean, we can get into that a little bit later. They break down, like, each month is a different thing. And right. the offer is the first of five months that they have list- listed. Oh, I love that. Starting That's... in July. I love the way they did that. I love that they just laid it all out for you like that. That's what I miss about... I want comics to be like that again. <laughs> and to me, I would rather them do this and then not do solicits. Imagine if they did a book like this every month. Or even every six months. They just said oh, like Well, I mean I it just like replaced solicits in this way somehow. But, but I'm or, saying like you wouldn't need it every month. Well Because this if it was like the a, next five months. Yeah, you would though because people still because people still like look at the cover of a comic book and decide whether they're gonna buy it that sure, month or not. Sure. But yeah, um, are we good to talk about the next part? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay, so the next part is the event Leviathan teaser. And we see Ollie and Batgirl, who is a team up I don't know if we've ever seen before, actually. I can't recall them ever doing anything together. Mm-mm. Um, but, but it was fun. It was certainly a fun, like, street level pairing. Mm-hmm. And we see them deal with Malcolm Merlin. And then Leviathan shows up 
and seemingly kidnaps both Babs and Ollie. And we get a, a mysterious figure who basically says to Babs, you know, you've been trying forever to fix things, but you've been trying to fix a broken system. Help us to basically reset the system. Yeah, I think it's interesting that I think a couple times in this story, somebody tells somebody else, I'm going to make you an offer, mm -hmm. which is an interesting choice of words considering Lex Luthor's big offer to all the villains is called the offer. You know, right. it almost seems like these two things are completely unrelated. And yet, like seeing that word over and over again just makes me think of the Godfather. <laughs> yeah, yep. Exactly. I thought of The Godfather when I was reading uh, well, this comic. Gonna it's... Make him an awful <laughs> <of> you <laughs> you uh... come to me on the day of Perpetua's wedding and you ask me to kill Gorilla Grodd. I don't know. Just keep, just keep going. This is gold. <laughs> no, it's not. It's um, fucking terrible. Um... And, then, and then you sound like Dom DeLuise. Dude. Well, that, that's, that's kind of the point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I also think it's interesting that Le Leviathan offers Babs a quote-unquote complete and total do-over, which doesn't that sound that I mean that sounds like a reboot, right? Like when you're talking about yeah. comic books and you and you use the phrase a do-over, that sounds like a reboot. Um, which I don't know that that's what this is going to result in, but I think it's always interesting when comic books are conscious of that big two comics are conscious of that element of their publishing. Right. Yeah. I, uh, it, I think there's something, sorry, go ahead. Finish no, up. I was just gonna, I was just gonna say it just gnaws at the back of your back of your head a little bit. Like, does that really mean what I think it means? Or is that, you know, purely rhetorical? Yeah. I thought there was a really interesting bit in here, too, where Bendis does something that is rarely done, which is that he gives a relatively complete character biography, even of stuff that is no longer in continuity. Uh, this character says, Barbara, as Batgirl and Oracle, you signed up for the Suicide Squad, the Justice League, Batman Incorporated, the GCPD, Birds of Prey, Seven Soldiers of Victory, even. And, uh, <laughs> even. 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 And, uh, like... When was the what last if the time... Pink Panther was in yeah. the Seven Soldiers of Victory? <laughs> Pink was... Panther, Snagglepuss, Snagglepussing. Uh, Huckleberry Hound, even. Um, <laughs> but no, you know, when was the last time you heard Barbara mentioned in the Suicide Squad? No, that's yeah. Like that that's that hasn't been since the eighties. Well, we'll get to we'll later. Huh? Yeah. yeah, we will. Bendis is really playing around in that, isn't he? Yeah. We'll, t we'll talk about that later, but it's really interesting what's uh, what's going on. He, he might have even read the previous run of Superman, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be. <laughs> Can you imagine such a thing? Um, so let's, let's go into that. Are you talking about the Bendis thing in the back matter? No. Thing, thing going oh, in the back matter. Young Justice, we're talking oh, about. Oh, okay, got it. We'll get got to it. it later. Sorry, yep, okay. I think you meant later in this issue. I thought I wasn't sure what you were talking about. Um, okay, so then, anything else about that second part? No. 
I don't think so. Other than I, uh, the Jason Todd thing. Oh yeah, that's, that kind of came out of nowhere. That's really interesting. Do you th- do you think that there's any uh, any truth to that? Because that has not been hinted at at all in the I map, wonder if in his book. Did Did you guys see that stuff about the 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 new Secret Six? Yes, that's yes. coming. We'll talk about that in a minute. Right. <laughs> There's so, so much to talk about. My yeah. my, que- my question is is it wouldn't surprise me if you know J- Jason Todd's not Leviathan or something, but if he got roped into being a part of the new Secret Six or something. Like I don't that. think he was even listed in that stuff. Well, I don't think everybody was listed though. I, don't I thought think it, anybody was listed. Were they? There was that whole thing of which of the six characters below were the ones that are going to betray the DC universe. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Where? Wait, where was that? In the back letter in... of this issue. Oh, I missed that completely. Okay. Yeah, I have lots to say about that. Where <laughs> it's going to be a nine-hour show. Right, so, so let's let's power through then. So, so then we get the third section, which is the like Vincent before the Justice League trying to evacuate the multiverse, um, and we get more perpetual stuff, and we get we see that Lex is basically. Not dead, but has. How, how do we even say that? <laughs> has put himself in the. Uh, in, in a bath chamber? Like, it seems like he's. I, well, the way I took it is he's getting turned into one of those human white Martian hybrid things. Right. Um, he's in a cocoon. He's in the. He's in the thing from. Uh... He's got the flipper hands from uh, Zach's, Zach's, <laughs> Zach Snyder's. Uh, <laughs> he's a, he's it wasn't Zod, it was Luther all along. Yeah. Oh, okay, I see the thing that you guys are talking about, the Secret Six thing now, and now I'm very excited. Because this is also, this yeah. is like, what was the other thing that did this recently? Well, Heroes in Crisis. That's what it was. They had the thing, didn't they? Yes. Yeah. One of so, these heroes will die. Yeah. Hopefully, it okay. turns out better than that. But well, I don't know. but I love when they do shit like that. Yeah. Uh, so before we get that Lex reveal, though, we do see. So basically, they say, "What do we do when this when this happens?" And Batman says, "Simple. We call everyone and we go to war." And there's this Which great. I image. love when comics do that. The yep. Avengers do that all the time. The Justice League does that all the time. They get big and then they get small again and then they get big. So I'm, uh, I'm they just going to. They get gonna... knocked down. They get up again. <laughs> yeah, they piss the night away. Second Chumbawamba <laughs> reference this month, boy, folks. Um, okay, so let, let's just. I'm going to quickly go through everybody in this poster, okay? So we got Red Arrow, Green Arrow, Robin, Catwoman, Batgirl, Aqualad, Kid Flash, Kyle Rayner, Steel, Donna Troy, Miss Martian, uh, Beast Boy, Black Canary, Black Lightning, uh, Crypto, Supergirl, Shazam, uh, Detective Chimp, Swamp Thing, Zatanna, Man Bat, The Terrifics, Hawkman, or Hawkman, if you will, uh, Firestorm, Animal Man, Captain Adam, Jericho, Vixen, Simon Baz, um, Plastic Man, and the Atom. Who, baby? We're sideways. 
You know, he's busy at Superman Day. He's planning <laughs> for the next one. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like the, the class president or, or vice president who has to do the 5, 10... 20 year reunions, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, and, they, yeah. and that's what you, that's all you do yeah. in the intervening years is get ready for those. Oh, that's um, awful. Four sideways. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what a lineup. It's very interesting to me that the entirety of the Titans team that was just canceled are represented there. Yeah. Yep. Although I have some th- I have some theories about that with the Secret Six later. Um, so yeah, Lexus is being turned into a White Martian or Abe Sapien. It looks like from this picture. Um, and the year of the villain. Now the back matters. We're gonna spend so much time here. So it says here the event continues in Justice League twenty five, which comes out next month. Uh, twenty two came out this week for reference. Um, Event Leviathan, June 12th. Batman 75 is, I guess, the beginning of the City of Bane crossover. Or not crossover, but like mini-events, arc, whatever. And the big the big daddy here, Batman Superman number one by Joshua Williamson and making his DC Comics debut, David Marquez. Mm-hmm. The good news of this is that Joshua Williamson and David Marquez are doing this Superman Batman book. The bad news is it's all about the Batman Who Laughs. <laughs> Which, by the way, the Batman Who Laughs gets his own page in this uh, You're the Villain thing. Mm-hmm. And I could not have groaned harder <laughs> about how it was like, uh, it was basically like, uh, hey, don't forget about me, guys. <laughs> oh, oh and but featuring and the even Batman better, Who Laughs. Not, I don't know if you guys saw this, not only... Or is he going into Batman Superman? But there's going to be a seventh issue of the Batman Who Laughs. Yes. Yeah. Not enough for six. That has to be the like m- biggest uh, like meta comic book trope now is a is a mini series getting extended to another issue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It happens all the time now. It really does. I mean, it happened to freaking uh, Heroes in Crisis, didn't it? Yep. Um, the other thing that occurred to me reading this r- with regards to uh, the Batman Who Laughs is that it's so clear that he's like Snyder's uh, OP character, overpowered character, mm-hmm. because they make a point to say, like, Perpetua, you know, all all these heroes and villains are a known quantity to her. And then they're like, and some are unknown. And it's, it's the Batman who laughs. And so it's almost telegraphing, like, like I just feel like at some point down the road, the Batman who laughs is going to be the reason for the downfall of Perpetua eventually, yes. right? He's going yes. to throw a banana peel on the ground and she's going <laughs> to flip on it. Because he's that would an be agent great. of chaos and she's an agent of like order. I'm going to roll my eyes so fucking hard when that happens. Yep. Uh, roll your eyes so hard you can see your brain. I love you, though, Scott. I really do. Yes. I mean... How long until we have a Batman Who Laughs movie? <laughs> Six 
who, who would play the Batman who laughs? Oh, baby, stunt casting. Here we go. Jim Carrey. Freaking Donald Trump, am I right? Oh, it can't be Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> yes. With a very neat mustache. Have you guys seen the picture? Yes. Yeah. Finally, finally, Crispin Glover gets to play oh. a version of the Joker. Clowny clown clown. Do you know that song? <laughs> no. You're not familiar with Crispin Helian Glover's album? I've never, never oh, had the pleasure. It should be, it should be Casper Crumb. Ah! He <laughs> yes. would be crumpulent, but hang on. He has such a, his smile. It's, it's pretty true. freaking twisted. Yeah, yep. Crispin Glover album. The name I of the album is The Big Problem Does Not Equal the Solution. The Solution Equals Let It Be. Okay. Wow. There's a song called Clowny Clown Clown. It's amazing. He does a cover of these Boots Are Made for Walking. He just cries the whole time. I'm not joking about any of this. <laughs> it's great. He's he's so damn The best? Yeah. All right. So, uh, again, uh, Vince teased this before, but there are five months of the Year of the Villain laid out for us here. The Year of the Villain, the offer, is in July. That's where Lex Luthor begins upgrading the world's deadliest evildoers. Year of the Villain, Dark Gifts, is August. Blessed with new powers, resources, and allies, the dark side of the DC Universe begins making its moves. The Year of the Villain, Evil Unleashed, in September. Distracted and distrustful, the heroes don't see the sign of oncoming attacks. Uh, Year of the Villain, Doom Rising in October, a shared universe cosmic event. The skies of the DC Universe begin to burn. And the Year of the Villain, Hostile Takeover in November, the unthinkable becomes reality as the villains win. Um, it's, um, it's pretty crazy to see all this laid out so, so neatly here. Um, I will say that, you know, we, we have been pretty critical on this show of the sort of making the villains cool to the extent where, where the heroes suffer. I, I just think we're all sick of seeing both heroes fight each other and the villains being secretly the good guys, man. Right? You yeah. Know, um, but this doesn't feel like that, really. No. And that's really good. Uh, I yeah. hope this isn't as dark and twisted as the Batman Who Laughs, though. I'll say that. <laughs> no, I think it's... Um, that's that's one of the great things about uh, Snyder and Tynion's Justice League so far is that I don't think... I think the villains are getting equal share of the time as the heroes are. And it's not in a way where you're, you're obviously not rooting for the villains in any way. Um, and it's not in a way that's so overly dark and grim. You know, there's a difference between having the villains succeed or watching them be twisted, you know, versus like what we think of as grim, dark or overly, like there is nothing overly gross or violent or exploitative about anything that they're doing so far, you know. Right. The pitch for this uh, for the offer is literally like we're gonna just do, um, cool super powered, po- like leveled up versions of all these villains, right? Mm-hmm. And as a big dumb like summer event type thing, that sounds like 
so much fun to me, you know, and whether it will be remains to be seen, but like compare it to an event like heroes in crisis, which is meant to be this dour exploration of something very serious and ends up, ends up being like the worst version of that possible. There is nothing that is trying to take itself seriously about this. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's going to be all the better for it. I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, so the last one I'm going to talk about with this issue involves the back matter, and uh, or the, or the last bit of back matter, by the way, and that is um, the sort of look at the new Batman Superman series. So there's going to be a, a, a quote, new Secret Six, and it's... Um, the Secret Six is not going to be the traditional Secret Six that we've seen, you know, in the past, it's going to be the sort of six new characters, six characters that are infected by the Batman who laughs to become sort of their dark multiverse versions. And there are a slew of characters here that are potentially going to be, um, going to be those, those six, uh, real quickly, Beast Boy, Constantine, Supergirl, Green Arrow, Rick Grayson, Perry White, Booster Gold, uh, Robin, Batgirl, Donna Troy, Miss Martian, Hal Jordan, Jimmy Olsen, uh, Plastic Man, Alfred, Hawkman, Catwoman, Shazam, Kyle Rayner, Wonder Woman, Superboy, Jim Gordon. And who is that actual photo of somebody? I have no idea. <laughs> I've been trying to figure that out since Friday. <laughs> um, so my theory on this is that the bulk of this team, at least half of it, will be made up of Titans characters. Because they have exposure to dark matter through what they were doing in Titans. Mm. And so it seems like that's an easy way to be turned by the Batman Who Laughs. Mm -hmm. I think we're going to see Hawkman for a similar reason. He was already part of the dark multiverse. I think we're going to see a Bat family member... Uh, I put my money on Alfred or Jim Gordon, and mm. then I, and then I think, or or I could see Rick Grayson. I could see that being the reason that he's really this way. Is oh, that... hey, I have an idea. What's that? In honor of the NFL draft, let's do a draft of who we think the six are going to be, and we each we take turns and we each pick one. Right now, we're doing this. Let's do it right now. I'm, I'll write it down. All right, pack the track. All right, pack boy, you go first. <laughs> All right, I will take. Uh, I'll take Oliver Queen first. Zach, I'm gonna take. Um, I'm gonna take Kyle Rayner. Bastard. Mm hmm. Uh, I'm gonna take Hawkman. Hawkman. All right. I will take I'm going to take Jim Gordon. Okay, I'm going to take Miss Martian. Okay. Rick Grayson. <laughs> All right, Rick. <laughs> uh I will also take Wait, isn't that our 6? No, no, no. We're gonna do. We're, we're each, each gonna six. do six. Oh, we're each doing six. Okay, I see what you're yeah, saying. We're each doing six. I'm gonna take uh, Constantine. 
I'm going to take... Did anyone do Jimmy Olsen yet? No. No. I'll take Jimmy Olsen. Jimmy. I'll take Shazam. Ooh, Shazam. I will take... I'll t- I'll take uh, Babs. Okay, I'm gonna take John Kent. I think because it will be the ultimate slap in the face to Bruce, I'll take Catwoman. Ooh, guys got it out for Bruce. I'll take Perry White. I'll take. Mm, Plastic Man. I will take Donna Troy. Ooh. And I guess I will take... I'll take Beast Boy. Okay, one Uh, more from each of you. Has anybody said Supergirl? No. No. I'll take Supergirl. And I'll take Booster Gold. All right. Okay, so we've each got our six. Uh, when the time com- Okay. I, I took Oliver, Jim Gordon, Constantine, Babs, uh, Perry White, Beast Boy, Zach Scott, Kyle Rayner, Miss Martian, uh, Jimmy Olsen, John Kent, Plastic Man, and uh, Supergirl. Brian, you've got Hawkman, Rick, uh, Shazam, Catwoman, Donna, and Booster. And whoever has the most on their, whoever has the most correct ones gets a no prize. So, okay. All right. I like it. Yeah. If I was not doing this draft style with my bros, I would have constructed it where, like, each member of the Trinity has a counterpart on the Secret Six. So, ah. I take them down, you know. So, like, I think in one way, like, it would make a lot of sense to have Wonder Girl, Batgirl, and Supergirl on there. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be very interesting. I don't love calling it the Secret Six, to be honest. Yeah, but that's okay. Um, yeah. Anything else to say about this issue? It it was just so much fun. It was. I I wish they would do this kind of thing more often. The back matter was amazing to to read. Yeah, even if they just did like one of these pieces of back matter and. In five issues over the course of a month, I'd be happy. But to see it all in one place, it was really super, super special. All right, well, let's uh, take a break. And that was, that was almost Bernie Sanders-ish there. <laughs> let's uh, take a break. And we're back in just a minute with the rest of the DC figures. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. 
And we are back with a review of Deceased, DCEs, if you will. <laughs> Number one, written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by Te- by Trevor Harrison, Stefano Guadino, Guadiano, rather, sorry, Stefano Guadiano, and James Harron of BPRD fame. I, I want to let Zach start with this one. I don't want to say too much going into it. I just want us to sort of jump right into our thoughts here. So, Zach, what, what say you? Um, well, first thing, zombies are just very, very played out. You've got to work really hard to make zombies interesting in, in 2019. Um, and I would I would say that Taylor almost does it. Um, so the kind of big plot MacGuffin in this issue is that old dark side he is and he's up to the old anti-life equation again and he uh he he gets it but it's bad um and now there's zombies <laughs> and no screen time screen time is bad for you <laughs> yes that's the best part screen time no is very bad for you oh man um this is this is weird. Um, so, have either of you read any of in, the Injustice comics? No, not really. Well, I've only dabbled in them. Um, but I've heard that they're quite good, and the ones that I've read are surprisingly good. Um, especially, um, not so much the Year One stuff, but the the or not Year One, but like the stuff for Injustice Two. Um, was really interesting when I read that Tom Taylor um, has pretty much only done kind of like alternate universe or, or out of continuity DC, DC stuff. He also did those issues of earth two after Robinson left, which were good. Um, And I don't know, he, he does a pretty good job with this kind of story. And I think you know, just going off this first issue, there's not much except for that James Heron art, which is really, really, really great. Um, yep. uh, but I mean, this, this is a fine first issue, I think. Vince? The comic, the story is considerably better than the title. I'll say that. <laughs> Agreed. Um... I thought, okay, this is this is what I'll say. Zach, Zach kind of nailed it. Th- this is not a comic that I would choose to read if I weren't reading it for this show. I've stayed completely away from the Marvel Zombies stuff. Same. Like, entirely. And, and this basically feels like that. But I must say, the... James Heron pages on Apocalypse look so good. I wish he were drawing more more stuff at DC in general. Um, I know there's probably he probably makes more money elsewhere. I would guess, uh, and 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 like you know, depending on the project, owns more of his work elsewhere. Um, but I love seeing his approach to these characters. I will also say that that stuff on Apocalypse is the more interesting, better written part of the issue, too, I think. Agreed. Um, I I really like the voice that Tom Taylor found for Cyborg. 
Um, it's a very sarcastic cyborg, which I think totally works in this context. Um, other than that, I'm, I mean, I guess I, I will check out future issues of this until I get tired of it. But it's not a book I would normally pick up and read on my own. And I don't think that there's anything in the issue that is so good other than that James Heron art that if you're not into the idea of zombies in the first place, uh, would warrant checking this out. Is that fair? I think it is. I, I think, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, go, go ahead. ahead, Brian. No, no, you go. Well, I, I, I was just going to say, um, so the new Mortal Kombat game just came out last week, and <laughs> I haven't like played it or anything, but it did make me start thinking about Injustice a lot, because I did kind of play a lot of Injustice 2 when that came out. Um, and it's funny that this comes out in the same, you know, within a week of Mortal Kombat coming out, because it already has me thinking about, like, they're probably going to do an Injustice 3, and Tom Taylor is probably going to write it, and... <laughs> <laughs> just i don't know it's it's just a funny coincidence yeah i mean you're not wrong about that i think that uh i mean there are a few parts of this issue that i think are really good and like like vince said i think that the best one by far is um the best part of it by far are the james Harren pages i mean have you guys read a lot of his BPRD stuff? No. No, I haven't. So there's... Uh, this is now like three or four years old. There was a sequence where the BPRD returns to New York after New York kind of been lost. And they walk through Prospect Park in Brooklyn. And there are all these families that killed themselves there. And it's one of the most harrowing sequences I've ever read in the comic. And Harren does it with such grace and such gruesomeness at the same time. It's it's like insane. It's he is such an unbelievably talented artist, and so to see him do something this mainstream, but also this like he just he tackles the section where the least amount happens, yet he makes it the most visually interesting part of the issue. It's just it's really, really amazing. Good, good for this. Good for this creative. Good for this. Um, good on these editors for finding that work for him, because it's it's really inspiring. Um, yeah. Any uh, any thoughts on the rest of the issue? Um. No, not really. Yeah, not really. It's, it's kind of it kind of is exactly what we said it is, and there's not much there's not much analysis to be done. I don't think. Yeah, the dark side was it was good. <laughs> yes, it was. Um, you know, it's the rest of this issue is fine. There were a couple of like we said, small fun things that happened, but nothing really all that earth-shattering but this is totally better than we thought it was going to be right it's about I what it, i thought it was going to be 
Same, I, li- yeah, I like just, Tom Taylor. Same, yeah. And I mean, this does kind of scratch the same itch that the Injustice books do. It's kind of a... He tells the kind of weird stories that you in the DCU that you've never really asked for, but once you start getting them, you're just kind of like, okay, I'll I'll hang along for the ride. I guess I felt like this was going to be a terrible, terrible shit show, and <laughs> it wasn't that. Yeah. So I'm happy that it's not that. <laughs> let's let's put it that way. Um, yeah. Any other uh, anything else to add? Or are we good to move on? We can move on. We can go. All right. Uh, up next is Deathstroke. Right. Deathstroke number forty three, the mm-hmm. finale of the Terminus Agenda, written by Christopher Priest, illustrated by Carlo Pagnolion and Co. There's a couple of uh, of additional artists here. Give me a second. I want to. Make sure we're crediting everybody here. I don't want to leave anybody out. Sergio Davila and Pop Mahan. Yep. Vince, let's start with you. What would you think of this issue? Oh, I love this comic. You this guys. is so fucking good. <laughs> this deserves every nomination that uh, Tom King's Batman got <laughs> for Eisner's. Uh, spoiler alert, in our Multiversity 10th year video, I asked people to pick their favorite comic of the last 10 years, and I picked Deathstroke. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I mean, it's that good. Can you think of another book that's run for this long that's been this good? Well, East of West. In the last 10 years? Uh, East of West has fallen off, but go ahead. Okay. Uh, That was was my pick. I mean, I I harp on Aaron's Thor all the time. Yeah. 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 Those are all excellent picks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they are. Yes. And this is, I mean, this is the most... Uh, cape comic booky of any of them, and yeah. and it embraces that, and it shows you every every possible angle of that. It also um, subverts that quite a bit. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what were we saying earlier about um, Heroes in Crisis taking itself too seriously, and then uh, the Scott Snyder Justice League stuff not taking itself seriously? This pivots from taking itself very seriously to showing you something at patently ridiculous, you know, within a, within a matter of pages and it always works. You know, it's not like, like heroes in crisis did a lot of goofy comedy stuff to sort of contrast it with the absurdly serious or depressing. And it came off as, as really awkward or insensitive. I, I thought, Whereas this, this just like deftly oscillates between every type of cape comic that you can have, and it navigates them all. It never missteps, you know? Yeah. It's just crazy how Priest embraces, how he's taken the Teen Titans, who, you know, early on in this comic... I referred to it as Metal Gear Solid, the comic, basically. But then you throw these this like cast of teen oddball characters that are way more colorful than anything else in this world, and it it all just works because Priest embraces it all. He's not embarrassed by including some of the goofier aspects of DC Comics in his run. He just fits it in and makes it work. And he does he could do it with anything, I think. 
I think Priest could write any character, any book you want to give him, I think he would be great at. Yeah, I agree. Zach, before I gush all over this, do you want to go? I mean, I I really don't have much more to add to that. Vince said it so well. Um, but just even just the small things that are kind of silly on the surface, but it's you don't think about how much the series has kind of been focused on Slade and Damien. And then to have Damien becoming Slade Wilson over the course of this issue was so fun in a twisted way. (laughs) It was really, it was very satisfying. Um, And then just the twist at the end where that's kind of like, he's not that, you know, Mm -hmm. and and, and it's ripped out from underneath him. And uh, it's just, it's just so smart. And the way it's all framed, man, getting the title page three quarters of the way into the issue and how well it's framed and how good it looks. It's so interesting. It it just feels, it's kind of like the quintessential Cape comic, but it also feels like totally unlike everything else. It's out of a different era, you know? Um, It's like what I imagine 80s comics to feel like in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, Only way better than most of them. You yeah, know? exactly. It's like, it's probably like if I had been reading them at that time, it's how I would remember them. Yeah. Sure. You know? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, it's just great. All right. So let me, let me just check off a number of small things that priest does here that I want to kiss him for. Okay. The first one is something we've talked about a little bit, which is how frustrating it can be when a writer takes a character on a journey and that is not acknowledged by anyone else in the shared universe and how that drives me bananas. And how Atomic Skull in this issue references his going straight in Superwoman makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, It's such a small thing. Such a small thing. But Priest throws it in there and thank him. I want to thank him for it. Thank you, Christopher Priest. Thank you very much. Um, This issue, we know what Slade wants out of this issue. We know that Slade wants Damien to kill him. And throughout the issue, we keep seeing, as you guys said, we see Damien inching towards becoming Slade and inching towards killing him but then that is wiped away from him in the last moment, and you almost feel sorry for Damien that he doesn't get to kill Slade, which is a crazy thing to feel, because you shouldn't want that, and you don't, like, intellectually, you don't want that, but you feel like, you know, it's bad that Damien wants to kill Slade, but you still feel bad he doesn't get to do that. Oh, I see. I can see how you feel that, but I felt relieved. Oh, I felt relieved too, but but you're, you're, you're set up for this, like, Damien just can't win in this situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damien's in a no-win situation. And uh, I think that's just really good writing. 
I think that Priest does a remarkable job writing these Teen Titan characters that he really hasn't done that much. You know, I don't think that this feels any different than an Adam Glass issue of this book in terms of how the Titans are characterized. And yeah. that's great. The little bit of having Damien essentially lose his eye <laughs> is just really, really good. Um, everything about the team dynamic here just feels right on. Man, this is such a good issue. There's a, a moment that's like just, it's very comics where Damien is monologuing to, not really monologuing, but he's talking to Kid Flash and talking about why he has it out for Slade. And then there's just a flashback to that very first issue. I think it's, no, it might be part of the Batman arc. You guys know which which issue it's from? When he when he tosses his hair. Yeah, it's either from that first issue, like issue six or seven, or it's from the the Batman arc. I believe but it's like, from the later one. It's from the later one, but yeah. he he shows that scene, and Damien doesn't say anything about it. But Kid Flash is like, wait. Yeah. You're you're just upset because he ruffled your hair, and he Robin doesn't say it, but you see it. <laughs> right, it's, it's comics, baby. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's interesting because you can read that two ways. You can you can you can think it's funny that like Damien's clearly hung up on that, and it it almost you know somebody could read that and say like. Oh, Damien is just mad that Slade uh, did that to him. But really, it's more about like what that actually means, like what Slade rubbing his hair <laughs> means, you know, uh, what it means about how he sees Damien and, and Damien's put off by that, you know? Yeah, it's uh, oh, it's insanely good. Mwah. Yeah, it's great. I feel bad that we don't talk more about the art in these issues. Um, but lately there have been a, a slew of artists on, on these issues. And so it makes it a little bit harder to sort of identify who's doing what, but also because one of the things about this book is that I, I think that the art has been purposely very comic booky. And I mm -hmm. mean that in a, in a really complimentary way that it doesn't feel like, How can I put this? It's not trying to be anything other than just a cape comic visually, but it's doing a great job of being a cape comic. Yeah, for sure. And for having three, three artists, like if you think about it, you can probably pick out where each one did their own work. But you know, if you don't think about it too much, it works pretty seamlessly. I think. Yeah. Um, and it's just, you know, to, to, to stack onto what you said, Brian, not only is it content to be a Cape comic, but it, it does at times play up the, like, ridiculous human drama of characters in tights having these unlikely relationships and situations, you know? Like, there's, there's so much posing, and there's so much... Uh, uh, 
bombast sometimes, you know, that, that yeah. page, the title page where uh, Damien Slater facing off with swords, right? Like that's, that's high drama in the same way that the, uh, the old, like, um, Neil Adams, uh, Batman, uh, Rachel Ghoul stuff yeah. is. Essentially it's Batman shirtless while still wearing the cowl. Yeah, right, right. It's 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 the same thing, and it's so good. Yeah, I love this comic. <laughs> Thank goodness for this comic. Oh yeah. Well, that brings us over to Justice League number twenty-three. Is this part three or part four of the uh, Sixth Dimension story? Oh man. Would that I wrote that down. I think it's part four. four. Chapter four, four. yep. Yeah. Written by Scott Snyder, illustrated by Jorge Jimenez. Um, This issue does a couple of things that I think are are fun. I really love the opening Clark sequence with him and John in Smallville. And I love him breaking out of this, like, prison by saying up, up, and away. (laughs) I just love... (laughs) Superman shit like that. That's fun to me. Um, This issue... It surprised me in a way because I I really thought by now we'd be back on Earth with the fifth fifth dimension imps fighting at each other. But they get one page and that's it again in this issue. It's a glorious page, though. It is a glorious page. Um, (laughs) But I just expected more of it. And... Well, I... Zach, what did you think of this issue? Uh, well, I did want to say really quick, just that opening page with Jimenez drawing it, it did just take me right back to the Tomasi Gleason Superman run for a minute. And it also kind of highlights just how much Jimenez has improved even since then. Um, and it also might be a difference in the coloring as well, but the, the coloring is just so rich. Um, but... Uh, as far as the issue goes, um, it's um, it was good. I this this arc is still really not at all what I expected it to be. Um, it, none of it blew me away necessarily, but I did enjoy kind of each individual beat quite a bit. In a way, I kind of feel like it's less than less than the sum of its parts. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, I'd agree with that. Like, there are a lot of really cool moments. Um, you know, the up, up, and away moment. Um, the stuff with Superman... I'm oh, not sorry. Uh, Batman and the World Forger is really interesting. That one page with Batmite and uh, Mixopilic. Um, the bit, the stuff with Shane. Um, and then the, the reveal of the Legion of Doom at the end. Like, all of that was really cool stuff. Um but for some reason it it didn't kind of like it wasn't very cohesive i guess yeah i don't disagree with that it, this issue felt a little bit um fragmented and yeah i also think that we need to kind of have a discussion about the justice league and the fact that they're even considering this plan did that ring hollow to you guys? 
Bruce, especially, yeah. Well, I don't know if Bruce is actually considering it or not. Well, I know, but it, it seems, I mean, he, uh, you're probably right. He probably has an ulterior motive, but he's very much like playing into it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that a lot. I'm reading it that way. and Yeah, I'm reading it that way, too. I was more talking about the other members of the Justice League. Well, that just kind of goes to... I mean, I guess in some ways that kind of maybe um, devalues or undercuts them a little bit because they are very much... It's like, okay, mom and dad are fighting. Which one do we agree with? Or yeah. which one do we side with, you know? Well, and I and I think they're doing a good job of keeping the stakes, of raising the stakes so much and, and putting kind of like a ticking time bomb on it that, like, I really did feel as I read this issue that, like, they don't they don't know what to do and they don't have time to figure it out or sit down and hash it over. So to me, it didn't... I see what you're saying, Brian, but I think this is moving at such a breakneck pace that I'm there. There are moments in this where the flash is running and he's like, we are running out of places to run. And you feel that. I think you really do feel that, that they don't necessarily know what they need to do next. You know, I think they did. They're doing a remarkable job of making it feel um, stressful for a bunch of gods, you know? Yeah. I can, I can see that. I guess I, I'm I'm of the opinion lately that the Justice League book, if, if I had a criticism of it besides for the tying-in secret history issues, it's that I wish we'd get an arc here that didn't treat every threat like the most epic threat in the world. Well, um, now you've got Darkseid added to it all. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly not a... <laughs> It, this does not assuage that fear, but at least that's something a little bit different and interesting that we haven't seen yet in this book. Mm-hmm. Uh, overall, I, I did like this issue. I, I just felt that like it's a little bit undercutting of the other heroes in the Justice League that once Batman and Superman are gone, all of a sudden they are morally adrift in the wind. Well, I can see that. The Jimenez art, though. Oh, yeah. We were on that guy a long time ago. And it's nice to see somebody that we champion become as big a star as we think they should be. Yeah. So, good for Jorge Jimenez. Dude can draw literally anything he wants. Forever, I'll keep Mm -hmm. buying it. Anything else to say about this issue? Um, I did. I loved the ending too, where because it really did fake me out. Like I thought, okay, chapter four, this is where Superman escapes, mm-hmm. and uh, he gets the he gets the the light turned off on him, and that genuinely surprised me. And now, like, of course, I've read comics for decades, and I I understand how this all works, but. I legitimately am curious, like, okay, now how does he get out of it? You know? Right, yeah. It's it's a it's a great trick uh that Snyder and company pulled here. I will say that, you know, as much as 
as I might have just been expressing some uh, some doubt about certain characterizations and all that. This is such a nice thing after so many exposition-heavy issues to have an arc like this. It's very much appreciated. And because we're getting two tiny and written issues in July, I'm trying to enjoy this while we can get it. <laughs> so. All right, that brings us to our final book of the week, Young Justice, number five. Written by Brian Bendis, illustrated by the dream team of John Timms, Chris Anka, and Evan Doc Shaner. Woo daddy, that uh, that artistic lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I wanted to talk about this issue specifically because of the Tim Drake, uh, Stephanie Brown stuff mm-hmm. in this issue. But before we get to that, let's just say so basically... The issue begins with the the Teen Titans, the, the Young Justice, I keep saying Teen Titans, the, the crew sort of escaping the uh, the prison that they're in and then running into Opal, Dark Opal of Gemworld, and that he is what is tearing apart Gemworld, and uh, we're, we're left with no real conclusion to that action. But more than half the issue takes place, at the, is it two days before it says? Uh, let's see. Two uh, days ago, yes. Yeah. Uh, which involves Tim and Steph canoodling on the hood of a car outside of the Hall of Justice. And at first, you don't really understand why they would be there. But it turns out they're there to talk to Zatanna because they both had like a flash of a, a previous life or an alternate timeline or something, and they want her to help. And she eventually gets inside of Tim's head and basically reveals, like, the pre-Flashpoint Young Justice team to him. Right. And and to call back to what I, the joke I made earlier, that, that glimpse of their alternate selves that they, that I assume it's referring to is that Superman, Super Sons crossover from right before Bendis came on. Yes. Mm. Um, because that was when, you know, Connor and I guess it was Connor, Bart, and Cassie all came back, right? Or they were all in that. Like in the future. It was like the, yeah, it was them from the future. I don't wait. I think that's different from this. Maybe it is because, but they okay. But there was something that happened though. They did have a thing though, right? Like they had a flash where they saw themselves. This is like this is something we've seen before. I know it is. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Maybe. But the the Titans of Tomorrow thing is different than. Is it? I don't know. The, yes. Yeah. It's different than this Young Justice stuff for sure. How do you know? Because. The Titans of Tomorrow is like a. This is clearly pre-Flashpoint continuity, whereas the tight the Titans of Tomorrow is an alternate future. Well, I know that... it's different, but like they still saw. Like what, a version what, what of what Zatanna sees is not necessarily what they saw. No, ah, I'm not yes. talking about that. I'm talking about the the precipitating event that has them questioning. Right. That's okay. what Which I'm we don't see. About. Okay. Sure. Okay. 
yep. which we don't see the thing but now now you are making me question if that is the thing but i know there was a thing in a previous comic where they were questioning but i don't remember what it was now it's your it might have been it might have been in the those tech issues where tim was in with mr oz oh okay wasn't that part didn't that lead into this the the tomorrow sort of but not really i don't all that stuff is running together now it was all together, yeah. I mean, they were all distantly... They were all happening around the same time. So let, let, let's talk about a couple of things here. First of all, the one thing that did confuse me about this was that... Was it in... Was it in the Mr. Oz arc where, super, where the two Supermans, like, joined... Uh consciousness and eliminated all the like duplicates yeah that was in superman reborn i believe yeah okay so i had thought the implication from that was that all of the super books or all the super characters rather were all sort of now remembering their past i think that only applied to I, you know, I don't think they ever really uh, staunchly defined it or anything, and I think it only really applied to anybody who was uh, kind of already being written in that book. So, like, the Daily Planet people and the, and the immediate Superman family, I don't think that that applies to... Like, who are you suggesting? Well, I'm just suggesting that, like... I guess I just feel like this is this is like the this is almost the same story being told with characters who are tangentially involved with that first story. Well, it is and I I'd like to get into that a little bit because I think I think we've been expecting more books to be doing this, right? Sure. And I think it was it was a surprise to see it in this book. It's a surprise to see Bendis kind of referencing that in this book, as well as something like the 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 Year of the Villain special, and I I wonder, it it is so impossible for us to know. We may never know, or or if we do know, it's going to be years down the road. How DC Rebirth was supposed to actually go, right? Right. Be- because we were told it was a two year thing. And of course we knew, we suspected that that wasn't going to happen because we knew that there would be doomsday clock delays. We've joked about it the entire time, right? Speaking of that, just real quick time out, they were supposed to release a collected edition of Doomsday Clock in October, Uh the complete edition, and now it's been split and only one through six are being released in October. They resolicited seven through 12 for May of next year. So oh I'm going to call it right now. We're not going to see Doomsday Clock number 12 till January. That's my guess. That's insane. Yeah, you're probably right. That's insane, though. Um, but anyway, we'll never know for sure. But, like, I, I, I feel in some way that there was a plan to be doing this sort of thing throughout that two years. And, like, Superman was always going to clearly be first, right? Um. 
but I really feel like they were gonna kind of do it with the Flash and Wally, and then and then and then because this got sort of dragged out, and then Heroes in Crisis happened to kind of fill in some spots, right? That Wally's role in the whole thing kind of got dragged out as well, and I feel like there was always a plan to bring these like. Young Justice slash Titans slash that that just that odd generation of characters back, and then Bendis came along and they decided to do it with Bendis and now but but it's it's beyond the time frame that we were expecting right. I think everything's getting stretched like silly putty or something and and it's but it's interesting that they didn't just drop it entirely and say you know what we've got a good thing going. Let's just keep going. We brought these Young Justice characters back. We don't really need to spend a whole lot of time explaining how or why that happened. But they are. They. It, it seems to me they are going to explain it. And they're going to play more with pre-Flashpoint stuff. And I was not expecting that to happen this week. And here it is. So it... it what it what it did for me was it really wet my appetite for them to finally wrap this up at some point, right? I don't want to be looking, you know, two, three years down the road and talking about how they still haven't quite uh, put the final button on rebirth, right? The button. button. Um, I, I want it now, and I want and and seeing Bendis play around with it makes me think that it's still on their mind and i was worried i guess for a little while that they had just completely dropped the idea of of really doing rebirth stuff anymore but i feel like that's what this is okay i i need to clarify everything so that no one gets mad at me and corrects me after in the comment section um because i i've been researching um so the so yes so the super sons superman crossover happened no first ah oh, crap okay i'm misremembering first we bowl. had the we had the we had the detective comics mr ross thing with tim and we had the future justice titans or whatever it's called tim come from the future and tim met him he met himself remember yes, yes. Then that Tim also showed up in the Super Sons crossover. So that's when Tim saw himself. In the Batman Batman Eternal arc, the last James Tynion arc, Cass and Steph were shown their pre-Flashpoint versions by Brother Eye. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. I do. Yep. 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 You got it, Zach. So... Can I can I talk about my weird uh, Heroes in Crisis connection to this issue? Yes. So one of the things that has been hammered into our skulls the last few months about Heroes in Crisis is that the reason that Wally did all of this stuff was that Wally felt so alone in this world because nobody else remembered the pre-Flashpoint stuff but him. And doesn't this issue just further invalidate that concept? Oh yeah, it's that is a that is such a tenuous, stupid thread that yeah. That's all. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. Doc Shaner splash page is incredible, by the way. Yeah. 
all yeah all of the art is so good um and yeah bendis picking up on all these threads not just the like superman stuff but this is really heavy this is like picking straight off of the end of tinian's detective comics in a big way yeah now you guys both were probably more frequent and more fervent readers of young justice than i was all the folks that we see on this on the splash page, you know, the Ray, Red Tornado, etc. I know they were all reasonably important parts of, of that Young Justice run. Do you think there's any chance that we see some of those folks show up in new versions on this team? Yeah, I do. I I think so. Um, I I will say I I've actually never read the original Young Justice, um, the Peter David one. But I am kind of familiar with it. Um, it is interesting how we already have like a new version of Kid Lobo running yes. around. Um, <laughs> we also have a new Ray um, who isn't. Well, I guess he might actually be kind of around some at least like Connor's age, maybe in Tim. I don't I don't remember how old. Yeah, because um, Steve Orlando's was, Ray. Yeah was um but we have kind of versions of some of these characters uh running around already mm -hmm. and even someone like i know artemis is there red arrow is not artemis but red arrow has sort of taken on that role in rebirth yeah who is the character that is sort of grayed out between tim and cassie um the girl with the uh kind of like under tim's arm yes that's secret yeah secret you fell secret. into you fell into my trap there Vince. congratulations <laughs> I was just who, is, who is that under joke. who's under connor's armpit oh oh that's um It's very similar. She's very drawn very similarly to um, the new Fifty Two Power Girl. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I just yeah. uh, w during my Wonder um, during my Wonder Woman read through, I read she was in a Wonder Girl offshoot comic. Oh, Is hang she on, Empress? Let me... Yes, yes, that's it. Yep, yep, okay. that's absolutely it. Say it again. Who is it? Empress. Ah, yes. And then who are the folks by Red Tornado that are sort of in the background there? Um, I bet you the guy with his fingers together, just based on that pose, is Snapper oh, Car. That's going to be my car. guess. No, you're right. That's right. Yep. I don't know who the girl is. I don't know that either. Keep, keep talking. I'm going to Google some uh, Young Justice rosters yeah, here. I'm actually looking. Uh, I think I found. Is it? Uh, it appears that character is on the cover of, like, on the promotional lithograph that's on the Wikipedia page as like the featured image. Oh yeah. Yeah. Somebody's like screaming at us right now. I know. I know. So many people are. 
keep keep looking up keep looking that up and see. Um, yeah. So Zach, do you think that this is going to be a case of just a very slow um a slow build to these characters coming back? Or do we think that we're gonna get them sooner than later? Um I really don't know. Um, you know, well, it seems like, I mean, this is a big stretch, but so it looks like this Empress character has something to do with the fourth world. She like has a piece of the anti-life equation and um, I'm just like looking at her. Well, no, she's not from the fourth world or anything, but like I think Bendis has didn't he tease in that big image some fourth um, world stuff. Some fourth world stuff, yeah. I um, think so. And um I think their car that they had was like fourth world technology too. Mm-hmm. In the Peter David run. Um So, yeah, I mean, I think that so we were all kind of dissatisfied with the way that Superman Reborn handled the... I, I think we were very much glad that it kind of restored Superman to a more like tra- uh, traditional form, um, but it was a really limited effect. I think I think Bendis seems very interested in rolling everything back as much as he can. I mean, that makes sense. He never had a chance to play in the, quote, classic... DC sandbox. Yeah. And now that he's here, maybe it seems like he's interested in doing that. Yeah. Man, I feel like of all the storylines in comics over the last five or ten years, if Brian Bendis brings back the Flashpoint continuity isn't the wildest option we have on the table, <laughs> I don't know what is. Oh boy. Any luck there, Vince? I can't, no, nah. Uh-uh. The problem with recording these episodes before the issues drop <laughs> is we can't even, like, look up somebody's CBR exclusive about these characters. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should start doing pre-show prep. <laughs> yeah, but that would take away all the fun Googling we did on the show. Yeah. <laughs> um... This is this is making me want to finally go back and finish the Young Justice TV show, which was very good. Man, reading yeah. this like, like googling this Wikipedia page, there are so many character names that I just haven't thought about in so long. <laughs> it's it's insane. Um, anyway, uh, Snapper Car, Susie. I don't know. <laughs> 50 Sue. 50 Sue. Let's 50 call it Sue. 50 Sue. That's who it is, yeah. All right. Before we get out of here, and I promise we are getting out of here, we have to do our lists. So this week on the good list, Adventures of the Super Sons and the Green Lantern. On the okay list, we have Female Furies. On the bad list, we have Batman. Or is it Batman? We'll never know. Uh, on the Harley Quinn list, we have Harley Quinn. Batman, on the Sandman Universe list, we have The Dreaming. 
On the IDW crossover list, we have Batman TMNT3, number one. Um, Vince, do you have next week's books ready for us? I do, yes. What comes out this week? Is this real? Batman and the Outsiders, number one? I believe it is. Is that happening? I can't wait. Brian Hill's great. Dexter Soy's great. Um, We got Batman Who Laughs, number five of seven (laughs) now. Uh, Catwoman, number 11. Tech uh, 1003, Flash 70, which I believe is the first uh, flashier one. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. I believe uh, so. Hawkman number 12, uh, House of Whispers number 9, Justice League Odyssey number 9, uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws number 34, Shazam number 5, Supergirl number 30, Wonder Twins number 4, and Wonder Woman number 70. That's a cracking week, guys. I actually think Shazam might have been pushed back. Damn. But... Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. Yeah. What issue is that supposed to be? Number 5. 5. five. So DC's website says that it is on sale May 8th. Oh, yep. That's next week, so. That is next week. Oh, that is next week. Yeah, of course. I forget where we are. Yep. Yeah. We record yeah. these early. It was originally on April 17th. Oh, that's okay. Funny. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, if you want to get in touch with two-thirds of us, you can do so on Twitter. I am at Brian Needs an App. And I'm at Wilker Fox. And if you need to get in touch with Vince, he'll be waiting in line to see Endgame this weekend. Yes, you heard that right. He's going to the movies. So go to your local theater, and he will be there in line waiting to get in. Yep. Any time of day, just head there. He'll be there. You Talk know I had him. to do it to him. Had to do it to him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so see you next time. Bye. Oh, that's great! I'm I'm looking. I'm gonna go see it this coming weekend. I think. What? Yep. Man, next thing you know, we're not gonna do the books alphabetically. <laughs> Jesus, fuck you! <laughs> 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 <laughs>